You are tuned to KVMR, FM Nevada City, KCPC, Camino. It's time for the KVMR Evening News for Friday, October 23, 2020. For their support, we'd like to thank A to Z Hardware Supply and Garden Center, locally owned since 1984, offering household construction essentials, plus April's Garden, a memorial lawn and garden nursery for all seasons with beekeeping and canning supplies. Ridge Road, Grass Valley, A to Z Supply.com. Weiss Hardscaping, introducing low maintenance, fire safe outdoor living space design and installation, utilizing ornamental concrete, natural stone, and composite hard surfaces. Information GoWeissHardscaping.com. Well, coming up after a look at our local headlines and weather, we'll have National Public Radio's national headlines. Then we'll talk with Natalie Adona from the Nevada County Registrar of Voters Office and get answers to many frequently asked questions as we approach Election Day. The Public News Service reports on the effects to Californians of repealing the Affordable Care Act. Jesse Dunn and his wife Jenny Charles, both from the Dead Winter Carpenters, are going to be playing at the Center for the Arts Backlot Stage on Saturday night. We'll talk with Jesse about performing under the new outdoor music rules for Nevada County. And we'll close out our newscast with the Grass Valley Downtown Association Report with Marnie Marshall. Coming up at 6.30 this evening, it's the California Report, and at 7 o'clock we bring you Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. I'm Felton Pruitt. Now here are today's news headlines. Critical fire weather is expected to be part of our forecast for most of our broadcast area beginning on Sunday. Here's the latest from the National Weather Service in Sacramento. Hello everyone, I'm Hannah Chandler-Cooley with the National Weather Service in Sacramento with a quick weather briefing highlighting the fire weather concerns through early next week. Elevated to critical fire weather concerns will continue today through tomorrow across interior Northern California. There will be a brief break on Saturday before a strong wind event is forecast to impact Northern California Sunday through Monday. Extreme fire weather conditions are possible with this event. A fire weather watch has been issued for the next wind event from Sunday through Tuesday for all of our forecast area. The strongest winds will be late Sunday through Monday with breezy winds continuing through Tuesday. This next wind event is currently expected to be the strongest wind event of the season up to this point. Strong north to northeast winds will increase across NorCal beginning late Sunday morning into Monday. At this point, we are forecasting peak wind gusts of 40 to 50 miles per hour for much of the valley. For the foothills and mountains, we are forecasting peak wind gusts of 40 to 60 miles per hour and possibly up to 70 miles per hour or greater in the favored gaps, canyons, and ridgetops. These winds plus extremely low humidity and near record dry fuels will create extreme fire weather conditions and downed trees and power lines are also possible with these winds. It is vital to prepare for wildfire now ahead of this event. For the latest forecast updates, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at NWS Sacramento and at weather.gov STO. Thank you for your time. Right now, parts of Nevada County are in the PSPS watch for the highest possibility of a severe wind event from Sunday through Tuesday. Stay tuned to KVMR Radio for the latest updates as Sunday approaches. Yesterday, a California appeals court upheld a state order requiring Uber and Lyft to treat their California drivers as employees instead of independent contractors. 
The ruling comes less than two weeks before California voters will be asked to exempt the ride-hailing giants from the state's groundbreaking gig economy law. The decision won't have any immediate impact because it doesn't take effect for at least 30 days, well after the November 3rd vote on Proposition 22. Uber and Lyft had appealed an August preliminary injunction by a San Francisco judge, but the appellate ruling found no legal error and allowed it to stand. Uber and Lyft issued statements noting that the ruling doesn't take immediate effect and urging voters to approve Prop 22. Lyft also said it is considering appealing to the California Supreme Court. California Attorney General Xavier Becerra and the city's attorneys of Los Angeles, San Diego, and San Francisco had sued Uber under a new California law that says companies can only classify workers as contractors if they perform work outside the usual course of their business. Becerra praised the court's decision. Ubinet reports that the Nevada Irrigation District has been notified that water supply from PG&E may be shut off to some of its canal operations associated with an expected PSPS event throughout the region. As a result, NID will be switching to backup generators and pump stations for an alternative supply. Some irrigation customers may notice fluctuating water flows during this time. NID-treated water customers will not be affected. The National Weather Service has issued a fire weather watch with strong winds and poor humidity to be in effect Sunday morning through Tuesday afternoon, affecting the northern Sierra foothills. NID canals to possibly be affected include Snow Mountain, Cascade, Cement Hill, Red Hill, and Buffington. Well, you know about the high fire danger. Let's give you some temperatures. The weather forecast for Grass Valley and Nevada City is calling for clear skies tonight with lows in the mid-50s. On Saturday, mainly sunny with highs in the low 70s. Saturday night, mostly clear with lows around 50. And on Sunday in the Grass Valley, Nevada City area, sunny with highs in the mid-60s, high winds. Stay tuned for more updates on that. In Sacramento, tonight clear skies with lows in the mid-40s. On Saturday, abundant sunshine with highs in the mid-70s. Saturday night, a few clouds overnight with lows around 50. And on Sunday in the Sacramento area, partly cloudy with highs in the mid-70s. In Truckee, tonight clear skies with lows in the mid-20s. On Saturday, mainly sunny with highs in the mid-60s. Saturday night clear with lows in the low-20s. And on Sunday in the Truckee area, mainly sunny with highs near 50. In Angels Camp, tonight clear with lows in the mid-40s. On Saturday, sunny with highs in the mid-70s. Saturday night clear with lows in the mid-40s. And on Sunday in the Angels Camp area, mainly sunny with highs around 70. That's the KVMR Evening News Headlines. I'm Felton Pruitt. Live from NPR News, I'm Jack Spear. President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden are back on the campaign trail today following last night's final presidential debate. Biden has long accused Trump of giving up on fighting the coronavirus pandemic, upping the ante, and arguing during a speech today the president encouraged its spread through his behavior. Biden also said new research shows at least some of the 223,000 American deaths due to COVID-19 could have been prevented. A new study from Columbia University suggests that anywhere between 130,000 and 210,000 of those deaths were avoidable. Trump, for his part, has sought to focus on other issues, including Wall Street, which he says would be hit hard under a Biden presidency. Who has 401ks in this group? Anybody? 
If he got in, wave bye-bye to your 401k because it's going down the tubes. Trump is campaigning in Florida today. Two large COVID-19 vaccine trials are back on track. As NPR's Joe Palka explains, the trials had been suspended while the companies investigated serious side effects to see if they were related to the vaccine. AstraZeneca paused its vaccine trial in the United States and several other countries to investigate whether its vaccine was causing a rare neurological disease. The company says it determined the trial was safe to proceed, and last month it did proceed in other countries, but not the United States. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration put the study on hold, presumably seeking additional information. Now the company says that hold has been lifted. The other vaccine is made by Johnson & Johnson. It also had to investigate a serious medical event in a trial participant, but now the company has concluded its trial is also safe to go forward. Joe Palka, NPR News. The U.S. Embassy in Ankara says it's suspending all visa and American citizen services at all of its diplomatic missions in Turkey. NPR's Peter Kenyon reports the embassy citing credible reports of potential terrorist attacks as the reason. The embassy announcement said the threats involved possible terror attacks and kidnappings of U.S. citizens in Istanbul and possibly other locations in Turkey. There was no immediate word on how long the closures might last. U.S. citizens were urged to exercise heightened caution in areas where crowds might gather. This isn't the first time a potential terror threat has closed U.S. diplomatic missions in Turkey. A similar announcement was made in 2015. In 2008, three Turkish police guards were killed in an armed attack on the Istanbul consulate, and there was a bombing at the U.S. embassy compound in Ankara in 1958. Peter Kenyon, NPR News, Istanbul. American Express says it saw a major decline in its fourth quarter profits due to the coronavirus pandemic. Credit card company blaming deep declines in travel, entertainment, and dining out for a 39% plunge. On Wall Street today, the Dow is down 28 points. This is NPR. After weeks of public protest, a monument to a Confederate general was removed from the Madison County Courthouse grounds in Alabama. The removal happened early this morning. Huntsville Public Radio's Brett Tannehill has more. In past years, the statue of Confederate General John Hunt Morgan sat largely unnoticed, nearly swallowed up by a large magnolia tree next to the Madison County Courthouse in downtown Huntsville. But in recent months, the monument saw increased scrutiny, amplified by racial justice protests calling for its removal. The monument to Morgan, born in Huntsville, was first erected in 1905 by the Daughters of the Confederacy and moved in 1966 when the new courthouse was built. It moved again early this morning, reassembled a few blocks away in historic Maple Hill Cemetery where other Civil War soldiers are buried. For NPR News, I'm Brett Tannehill in Huntsville, Alabama. A judge has reduced bond to $100,000 for a man accused of assisting in a scheme to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. That's after a defense attorney in the case maintained the man's alleged role in the plot was overstated by prosecutors. Pete Musico is accused of being part of a right-wing group that wanted to kidnap the governor and commit other violent acts, where Musico was later kicked out of the group because he would not commit to violence. Members of two anti-government paramilitary groups were allegedly involved in the plot. Six people are charged in federal court. Eight more have now been charged in connection with that case in state court. Colonel Futures prices closed lower today, ending the week on a down note. Oil fell 79 cents a barrel to close at 39.85 a barrel in the New York Mercantile Exchange. I'm Jack Spear, NPR News. You are tuned to the KVMR Evening News. We're talking with Natalie Adona, the assistant clerk recorder, registrar of voters for Nevada County. We are what now? I think you told me it's E-11. Is that the the code word over there at the office? 
<laughs> no code. It's just the countdown. Yes, and it is E minus 11. So Election Day, Tuesday, November 3rd. And I imagine you guys, well, you've probably got a lot of your work done, but you probably are in crunch time right now. Uh, yeah, we are in crunch time. And the wonderful thing is that participation is so high, especially with respect to where we normally would have seen during the early voting period. So we have, and I can uh, sort of pull this up, but the last time I checked, which was last night, we have received 27,000 ballots as of yesterday. So that's 36% of the total that we issued. I expect that we'll get even more. So that's wonderful, actually. I have no other, I, I cannot take credit for this. The credit goes to the voters of Nevada County for getting their ballot, marking it up, and turning it in as soon as possible. So great job. What percentage do you expect coming in, you know, because sometimes if it's mailed uh, by the election day, then it counts. How long do you think it'll actually be before you get almost a full tally? Well, we have to wait until November 20th to receive everything. So if you've been listening to these interviews and paying attention to the news, you might already know that uh, there are several ways to return a ballot. One of them is to come in person. The other is to drop off the ballot in one of the official drop boxes. And the other is to send the ballot through the U.S. Postal Service. So for most ballots, the deadline is the close of polls on Election Day, November 3rd. If you choose to use the U.S. Mail Service, then we need your ballot Uh, stamped on or before Election Day, and then we have 17 days in order to receive it. So I suspect that most of the ballots are going to come in well before that, but, you know, because the law says that we need to accept any any stragglers uh, up until November 20th, uh, that's when we should expect to have everything in. We'll count it up. That is also um, sort of the time where we allot people a chance to cure, say, a missing signature or a mismatch signature. And I fully expect at this point to be certified before Thanksgiving. So we should have a pretty good idea just, you know, sort of based on the returns as they look right now. We should have a good idea of how the election is going to play out and we'll know everything by the time unofficial results happen. So the unofficial results come in on election night, and then we continue to count whatever it is we haven't been able to count yet, and we'll certify by Thanksgiving. So it should be pretty quick for us, quick in election terms, maybe. (laughs) Not so quick. Not, Not quick in terms of public expectations, but yeah, this is the way that we sort of normally run things. So I would just ask for people to call us with questions and to be patient as we get everything in. But, you know, the more people turn in their ballot early, the more likely we will have a a full set of election results that are um, sort of unlikely to change even as we're still continuing to count ballots. So if people have questions, uh, what's the phone number they call? Everyone can call our office. We're open from 8 to 5, and on Election Day we'll be open from the polls open up until they close. That number is 530 265 
1298. We're talking with Natalie Adona from the Registrar of Voters in Nevada County. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the fact that there were some illegal ballot boxes being put out in other counties. Um, Have you had any instances of that happening in Nevada County? The good news is that we have not sort of come to know or discovered that there are unofficial ballot drop boxes anywhere in Nevada County. As I have been sort of participating in phone calls with other counties and with the Secretary of State, uh, it looks like most of the incidences have been confined to Central and Southern California. We haven't heard about any specific instances of illegal ballot drop boxes here in Northern California, but of course, you know, part of this is sort of dependent on voters being real vigilant, and Nevada County voters are real good about letting us know when they see something that doesn't look right, and we'll follow up and investigate. But yeah, all of the drop boxes that we have are official. They come from us, and I encourage people to use the drop boxes if it's convenient for them. How many are there in Nevada County? How many legal drop boxes are there? We have uh, right now 14 throughout the county, and most of those are going to be in grocery stores. And we have a list on our website of where all of the drop boxes are. When our vote centers open, then we'll have even more drop boxes. So um, people who have sort of done this before will know that they can just go to a vote center just to drop off their voted ballot. Our drop boxes will be there as well. So in total, 22. All right. When do the vote centers open up? Most of them will open on Halloween, so that's on Saturday, October 31st, and uh, as you probably know, we have eight total vote centers. Seven of them will open on Halloween, and our one pop-up vote center at North San Juan will open on Election Day only. It's certainly an interesting time in the world, and uh, things could change because of the way people vote, so I guess the only thing we can do is encourage people to use their right and go out and vote. Yes, please. I'm so, so encouraged to see so much interest in participating in this election. So keep it up, voters. You're doing great. (laughs) All right. We've been talking with Natalie Adona from the Registrar of Voters of Nevada County. Thank you for all your information, Natalie. Thank you so much. Great talking to you. Next up on the KVMR Evening News, the Public News Service has a report on what would happen to Californians if the Affordable Care Act was overturned. Almost 4 million Californians gained health coverage when the Affordable Care Act expanded Medi-Cal, and that goes away if the Supreme Court strikes down the law without a replacement. That's just one jaw-dropping warning at a hearing held Wednesday by the State Senate Committee on Health. Health policy consultant Deborah Reedy-Kelch said the Golden State would pay dearly if the court kills the ACA. The UC Berkeley Labor Center estimates that California could annually lose $27 billion and potentially 299,000 jobs if the ACA was struck down. President Donald Trump says he will protect people with pre-existing conditions, but his Justice Department is arguing that the entire law must go now that Congress has repealed the individual mandate. Melanie Fontes Rayner with the state attorney general's office says in any case, the rest of the law should remain in force even without a mandate that everyone buy coverage or pay a fine. This president, in his own words, wants to explode the ACA. 
We don't think that healthcare should just be for those who are healthy or rich. And we've done everything in our power to fight his sabotage of the Affordable Care Act. Without the ACA, insurance companies could once again kick young adults 18 to 26 off their parents' health plans. They could reimpose annual and lifetime spending limits on coverage and would no longer be required to cover mental health or addiction services. Before the ACA, people with pre-existing conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, or even pregnancy could be denied coverage or charged sky-high premiums. State Senator Dr. Richard Pan says COVID would likely be considered a pre-existing condition going forward. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services said that 19 to 50 percent had a pre-existing condition when it came to health care coverage. When we talk about overturning the ACA, we're talking about something that could affect half of all Americans. Trump Supreme Court nominee Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who has been critical of the ACA, is expected to be confirmed before opening arguments begin on November 10th. For Public News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. We're talking with Jesse Dunn from the Dead Winter Carpenters. Jesse and his wife, Jenny Charles, are going to be playing at the Center for the Arts Outback tomorrow evening, starting at 5.30. And uh, thanks for joining us here on KVMR, Jesse. Well, it's great to be here with you, Felton. It's nice to hear your voice. Yeah, we miss you guys. You know, the Dead Winter Carpenters have been coming through Grass Valley, Nevada City for, gosh, almost a decade now. And uh, I guess this is just the duo of the husband and wife team uh, for tomorrow night. Yeah, it is. You know, we've uh, that's predominantly, well, only what we've been doing during the pandemic because fortunately we do live together. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to do anything with the full band uh, up until now. But we're, tr- we're trying to sort out kind of when we'll be able to get together with the whole crew. Yeah, but, but we are we are grateful. We do have the opportunity this weekend with with just Jenny and I, and this this will be the first time that we played in front of an audience. So you know, as I was saying earlier, we're both very excited and very anxious to to kind of get back out there and and see what happens. You know. So we've got some new rules here in Grass Valley and uh, Nevada County about how bands can perform outside. You were just looking at the email from the Center for the Arts that showed the plexiglass wall that you're kind of going to be in constant. Yeah, this was uh, the first I was hearing about it today. You know, we obviously we knew there were some very strict health and safety guidelines in place, which we're totally, we're all for. Uh, the more safety, the better, and uh, social distancing, masks, the whole nine. But yeah, these were some new developments, and... You know, I was wondering what it'd be like to play behind one of those drum shields, and I know I know that uh, all the drummers that I've played with kind of hate the idea, but I think at this point it'll be uh, it'll give us a interesting firsthand experience with that, and you know, and obviously it's going to keep the audience safer from us and vice versa, and we're willing and able to go with all the guidelines at this point. Yeah, and fortunately, the Center for the Arts is a state-of-the-art brand-new facility, so they've got all this great... You'll be behind the plexiglass with your monitors on your side, but then the audience will hear, you know, the house sound, which will be great. And so there probably will just be like a normal show, except nothing's normal anymore. Yeah, and we'll be protected from any, like, rotten tomatoes or anything that might be thrown as well. So, you know, know, kind of Blues Brothers style as well. The old chicken wire in (laughs) front of the stage. You know, yes, and and we are you know looking forward to playing the Center for the Arts. We were we've been trying to put a show together with them for a while with the full band, and then you know things have gotten strange uh, since the spring, 
with the pandemic and you know everybody's doing the best they can so i think it's really cool that they are putting together these smaller shows and uh we're looking forward to seeing seeing some friends and and fans down in that area as you mentioned we played down there a lot over the years and we and we love it it feels like a second home to us so even if it's from a distance or behind a mask it'll be good to see some some smiling eyes and uh and just have a different experience playing music you mentioned uh, the, the challenges of keeping a band together. So, I mean, you've kept the Dead Winter Carpenters together, even though you haven't been playing. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, we we were really looking forward to a a big 2020. Um, you know, leading into into the fall, we record well late fall, early winter. We recorded a new EP, which we went ahead and released anyway in April. Uh, five song EP that we're really proud of, and we're looking forward to touring behind that. This whole summer and this whole festival season we had several tours on the books and and just one by one those started dropping and as as they all did and it was you know disheartening to see that happen but we obviously we you know we can we can see that those are the better choices for for the public at large and public safety and and it's it's just it was kind of the luck of the draw how it how it happened this year but yeah um so hopefully we're you know some of those dates are rolling over into into next year 2021 and it's just kind of yet to be seen what's going to happen as as you mentioned there's new regulations in nevada county just you know within since yesterday or the last couple days so we're all just trying to roll with the punches the best we can but we do have some new music out and uh yeah we'll just you know it's anybody's guess but we we are looking forward to playing some shows when it when it's all said and done how are things working financially for the band? I mean, did the the rest of the guys have to go on like unemployment or did they get other gigs or what do you guys do to survive during this pandemic? Um, you know, three of the members, uh Jenny, Nick and Brendan have they 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 do a lot of teaching for kids anyway, teaching music. Jenny's uh, teaching so, right now. The reason she's not on this interview is she's doing a teaching lesson, right? She's teaching a lesson right now. Yeah, you know, and uh a lot of that's been virtual through Zoom, um, but Jenny has been able to teach some of her students outside, socially distanced and, and, you know, all that. But it's coming to that time of year, especially up here in Tahoe, that we're going to be seeing some, some serious drops in temperature and some snow. So we're trying to navigate how that's going to look. And I think, unfortunately, some of those lessons will be kind of put on the back burner for a while. So they've been, you know, they've been doing some of that. I, personally, I've been painting houses up here for a buddy's uh, company called Just Some Guy Painting, a buddy of mine. He's, uh, he's a big Grateful Deadhead. His name's uh, Brian Allen, a good buddy of mine. So I've been doing that for several months now and definitely quite a bit different from touring, you know, but we're all just really hustling and trying to do what we can, you know, whatever that means, Some any side work that we that we need to do to, to kind of make ends meet. You know, yeah. it's been uh, it's been interesting to say the least. Well, we're going to see Ends Meet tomorrow at the Center for the Arts. You hit the stage, what, 5.30? We have two two shows. So oh. we're doing uh, a set, a show at, yeah, 5.30. And then, I, I hope I'm not mistaken that it's at 5, but I think it is 5.30. And that, yeah, 5.30, and then the second show is at 8 p.m. And so we're doing about a a 75-minute set for each of those shows. All right. Well, it's good to have you guys back in, in our area, even if it's just the duo of the Dead Winter Carpenters. And uh, give folks uh, information about your website or your Facebook pages and stuff so they can keep up in touch with you. Sure. We're, uh, 
we have all the the social media outlets. Facebook, I think it's facebook.com backslash denwintercarpenters. We have our own webpage, denwintercarpenters.com, and Instagram too, which is uh, at denwintercarpenters, I believe. And you know, we've been having Jenny and I've been having fun practicing up and working on our set list for the last couple of weeks. So we're excited to get out there in whatever format it may be, and we're all going to stay as safe as possible and and, and have some have some fun in this new age, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we, we've been talking with Jesse Dunn from the Dead Winter Carpenters. Jenny Charles and Jesse Dunn will be performing tomorrow at the Center for the Arts. You can go to thecentertheartsorg for more information. Thanks for talking with us, Jesse. Looking forward to having you back in our town. Thanks, Felton. Appreciate it as always. Take care now. You are tuned in to the KVMR Evening News. It's time for the Grass Valley Downtown Association Report with Marnie Marshall. Marnie's joining us. Howdy, what do we got going in Grass Valley, Marnie? Hi, Felton. Hi, KVMR. Well, we've got amazing Halloween decorations on Mill Street and Main Street in downtown Grass Valley. So you should come scout it out, take some pictures. Literally, new decorations are being added every day. So that's just something fun to do. The weather's great come down and shop and stroll and take pictures. We do have a couple of contests for Halloween. One is for the best merchant Halloween window. And so you can vote for best Nevada City and best Grass Valley window. And you just stroll around, check it out, and then you can go to downtowngrassvalley.com or nevadacitychamber.com and there will be a voting button. And so you can vote between now and October 30th, and on the 31st, winners will be chosen. Gift certificates will be given out thanks to Ben Franklin Crafts for donating for this prize. So that's a fun thing to do, to really stroll around and look at your towns. And in the next couple of days, we're going to put stuff on our website at downtowngrassvalley.com about a scavenger hunt for the most skeletons found and how to win prizes for that. And also Native Wren in downtown Grass Valley is going to be hosting a costume contest. And so we'll be posting about that over the weekend on our social media and on our website about how to enter. We do encourage people to shop in costume, you know, all week. Every day is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and we have also an art in storefronts basically an open gallery in both Nevada City and Grass Valley. And you can visit nevadacountyarts.org or downtowngrassvalley.com for more details. There's a couple of vacant storefronts in each city. And there's museum-style installations in them. So you can walk around, check out the art and all the decorations. And that's what we have going on downtown. Well, we thank you much for all the information, Marnie. Thank you. You guys have a great weekend. All right. That's Marnie Marshall with the Grass Valley Downtown Association Report here on KVMR. Well, that's going to do it for our newscast for this evening. The KVMR Evening News is produced by Paul Emery Audio. For their support, we'd like to thank Booktown Books, an independent cooperative bookstore since 1998, featuring nine independent vendors, offering used, rare, and collector's items, including music, DVDs, vinyl, and art. Open daily, Bank Street, Grass Valley. BooktownBooks.com The Nevada Cemetery District, since 1942. 
a public agency offering environmentally sensitive green burial services which reduce carbon emissions, conserves natural resources, and preserves habitat. Maintaining 27 public Nevada County cemeteries. NevadaCemeteryDistrict.com Well, coming up next, it's the California Report, and at 7 o'clock we bring you Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. I'm Felton Pruitt, wishing you a wonderful weekend.